Hello and welcome to the Succession Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Hine. I'm very excited today to introduce our guest, Jay Rasmus. Jay's a partner at Mahoney and Sable Company, LLP, an accounting firm that provides comprehensive accounting, audit, tax, and business consulting services to a wide range of clients and industries. Jay is going to talk to us about trends in the tax planning field. So welcome, Jay. Welcome, Tom. Great to see you. What are some of the biggest tax challenges right now that you see in both the audit and tax preparation business? You know, quite frankly, Tom, biggest challenges our industry is facing now is people. Uh, they're hard to find the people, hard to get them to work, uh, and it's hard to keep them happy. So I think, you know, it's all a people issue at this point in time. Uh, again, we're, we're pretty much straight out on all sides. Uh, if we have more people, we get the more work done. Simple as that. Right. Do you find that a lot of it is related to this desire to work remotely itself, or are there other issues related to that? Uh, I think the remote thing's a big thing. We we are still totally remote. I mean, our people love it, but again, I think it's just the generation today. They just don't. They don't want. They want a better work life balance than when you and I grew up and you know worked you know eighty hours a week, uh, sweating all every day. You know. Yeah. No, that's so true. I um I I'm I mentioned that because in my next book coming out, which is next April, is a book on health and wellness. And you're exactly right. It is definitely a generational thing. And I think there are a lot of positive things to it, but sure. there also can be some drawbacks. So great insight. Uh, for clients that are more entrepreneurial, do they tend to have a different mindset when working with you as opposed to those that maybe come from a traditional, you know, manufacturing or yep. services background? Yeah, I think you could say that. I mean, entrepreneurs are also entrepreneurs when it comes to planning and they want strategies. They're open to much more aggressive uh, types of planning, uh, whereas your, you know, your standby manufacturers, construction companies, they've been doing that the way for years, and they sort of want to stay that way. It's clear. Right. Do you find that when you try to give then innovation or insightful things to maybe that latter group, even though you might have a great idea, is it just sometimes tough to have the receptivity and you say, yeah, I don't want to push it on them, even though it might be in their interest because you don't want to spoil the relationship. Do you ever have that challenge? Yeah, definitely. I, I, have, I had a client recently that we were spending years trying to get them to transition the business, sell it to a third party or sell it back to the employees. And it really took a lot, a lot of work. I would say a couple of years of getting in front of them saying, here's the strategy you need to do. They ultimately did it uh, last year and it came out fine, but it was a very, very hard struggle to get them to see the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see, especially if they've been at the helm all those years yeah. running it. So even though I would typically get the next question would be for, for an advisor, but you see a lot in the field of you know businesses, how they're doing, where do you see inflation headed? And what are some obvious or not so obvious side effects from your you know, from your perch, not from an economist, but someone who's yeah. involved a lot, you know, in the business. Well, we definitely see uh, businesses worried about the interest rates, you know, loans. Uh, they've got loans, buying things are slowing down a little bit. Um, but again, I, I think until this, this next election, it's going to be tough to judge anything. I mean, gas is through the roof, electricity is through the roof, food. I mean, there's a lot of issues right now. Uh, so I think people are sort of laying low a little bit. But again, most of my clients, our clients, they're doing very fairly well. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to the great work your firm has done over the years. And also, I think entrepreneurs, myself included, always have found a way to zig and zag. You know, we always have to move one step forward because life does throw us all curveballs and we have to adjust to that, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So how are the smaller, meaning smaller than Mahoney Sable, are the smaller CPA and tax prep firms 
You think they're having a tougher time with technology and the workplace changes you alluded to as opposed to firms that have your size and scale? Or do you have any input on that? Maybe you don't, but I'm curious your thoughts. I think the smaller firms definitely have have an issue with, you know, getting up to speed with all the laws and the changes. It's it's so complex today that unless you have an expertise or do it every day, I mean, you can't just pick it up one time and expect to be an expert in it. I think the smaller firms clearly uh, have that fault. Uh, They may have a small little niche, but anything outside that niche, they don't have the expertise. Again, they're also being hit harder with the, the people issue. I mean, most of the people coming out of school now like to be with a larger firm so they can see more things, better things, get variety. Whereas you go to a smaller firm, you don't get that variety. So I think that's sort of the, the pros and cons of being a firm like us versus, you know, a smaller CPA firm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The more I remember when I first worked for um, Accenture years ago as a consultant, you know, not audit, not tax, but as a consultant, I, I recall, I think I had uh, either I had or I visited nine different client sites in about three years. Right. And I often look back on that. And one was insurance, you know, one was banking, right. one was healthcare. And I realized at the end of three years, when I went to interview at other firms, they said, well, it's like you've had nine years of experience in those three right. years. Right. Right. So I do. So um, some of the classic tax or accounting mistakes that you see year in and year out that you like to share with the audience, meaning either you see them that your clients make unintentionally or you see them when you bring on a client from maybe another firm that didn't have your expertise. I'm curious what what would help with the audience. Well, I think some of the big issues are R&D credits. Uh, A lot of clients aren't maximizing their R&D credits, energy credits. We do a lot of work in that area. Uh, State and local taxes. Uh, Again, that's become so complex that many clients we pick up don't realize they should have been filing in multiple states and haven't. Yep. Uh, So we have to correct that issue. The other big issue, which we see a lot of, we help fix the issue is foreign bank account reporting. A lot of people don't know if you have an account uh, out of the country over $10,000 at any point during the year, you have to disclose that in your 1040. Uh, Wow. If you don't don't disclose it, it could be significant penalties and jail time, quite frankly. So it's a big issue. Uh, It's a big issue that we we help a lot of people solve that issue and sort of go ask the IRS for forgiveness. Wow. I didn't even know that. So that's, so that means that any time in the last, let's say tax reporting year, even if your account balance went to 11 grand temporarily, and then back down to 9,000 the next month, you Correct. triggered that, you triggered that reporting mechanism. Yep. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. That's something I didn't know. Um, what are your thoughts overall? And not, this is not you know a political question, but more of from an accountant's perspective, and I could answer that from an entrepreneur's perspective, but on government spending, you know, the deficit, uh, future budget challenges, if you were, if someone were to put just the task or the idea just in your mind about where do you think the right middle ground is? Because clients I know are all over the spectrum on whether they should do more or less. I just would like your input, um, what your thoughts are on that. Sure. Look, I think our government is spending a lot of money now. Uh, probably too much. I think that's causing some of the inflation issues. So again, that's a big driver to some of the increases in prices. But other than that, I mean, you know, it seems like our government right now just seems to spend, 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 create more, more debt. And unfortunately, that's going to hurt some of the younger generations down the road. Uh, They're going to have to pay for it. It doesn't go away. Right. And I've always said this to my clients, Jay, is that one of the challenges is I don't know how they raise more revenue in the future or do these pay fors because 
you and I know RMDs are there. You know, do they phase out or do a means test for the Roth? Like, I just want us to sort of spitball here. If they yeah. were to try to, if they were to try to raise revenue, I know the sneaky one is on the estate tax one. But any other thoughts on what you've rumored or what they think, or if you had to just kind of guess, because they're going to have to raise revenue at some point in the future to pay for all this. Yeah, I mean, the tax rate's going to have to go up somewhere somehow. I think the easiest hit would be the corporation rate, because everybody seems to think that corporations don't pay any tax, which I think is a false statement. Uh, people forget that, you know, companies like Microsoft and, and these large companies, they pay uh, stock options. Yep. So those stock options are deducted by the company. So the yep. company may not pay the tax, but the individuals, they pay a ton of in income tax. So, again, I think the corporation tax is an easy one for the politicians to sort of raise up a few points at this point in time. Right. And then my favorite, we always talk about the estate tax because families get hit with it once. And, you know, it's after the fact, right? The 706s and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be one that I remind my clients, you know, to keep an eye. We want to keep an eye on the planning. Sure. Um, so there has been some talk and you can verify whether I've been, um, you know, I've been a, what I call a suspect of this, too. Like, I'm not sure this is true. But I have heard some chatter about the RMD increasing to age 75. Are there any thoughts to this, or was it just you know chatter on the internet, or any any ideas there? Yeah, I don't I don't see him doing that. That would be a revenue loser if you think about it. So I don't I don't see anybody coming up with that idea at this point in time. To tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah. Certainly, if it's going to cost them revenue, I think we pretty much know that's not going to fly. Right. Um, you know, through either branch of the uh, system. So, okay. So. What does an audience, um, your audience or our audience, need to know about any estate tax changes as we come to those sunset provisions from the previous administration? Meaning, I know a lot can happen the fall, you know, if the House and sure. Senate flip sure. over. But what are your thoughts on that with any of the sunset laws approaching? Well, again, I think the planning ideas are, you know, gift now before 2026, because yep. 2026, if it stays the way it is, it all goes back to the old rules, right? You're about... 12 million or so of unified credit today, it'll go back to about 6 million. So yep. it basically cuts it in half, yep. uh, raises the rate up back to 45 from 40. So, I mean, it's significant. So if, if, if you're looking to do significant, you know, gifting, I would say do it in the next few years. But again, you never know. I mean, who knows? Whoever's in power, it changes every four years, uh, maybe every two years at this point, who knows? Uh, but it, it's, it's, yeah. it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. And sometimes, as you know, like we've been telling clients, ironically, like this year with the market down could be a great year to do a Roth conversion sure. um, if they can afford to you know, pay the tax because you're buying low. But like you said, you don't know the future. So that's that's true. Um, so before we have some parting thoughts, what is um, what is what Mah makes Mahoney Sable unique? What are you and your team and your partners able to bring to the table that the listeners should know. Sure. Well, I think Mahoney Stable is kind of a unique firm in this in this region because we're about 50 people. Uh, we have very low turnover, so our people are pretty experienced at what they do. Uh, our other big asset is we have a BDO alliance affiliation. I mean, BDO is the seventh largest firm in the world, uh, so we could basically bring their expertise to the table at any time, whether it be a service we don't do or a technical aspect that we need help in. Uh, so, again, that's a pretty unique alliance that I don't see anything else like it out in the market. Uh, and we do we have a very good relationship with BDO, uh, and I think that really sets us apart. Uh, most of the firms in the last few years have been sort of merging up. Uh, as you know, all, as partners get older, they want to cash out. There's no young kids taking over. 
Yeah. So most of the firms in this region have merged up to larger, whether it be uh, regional or national firms. And yep. as you know, a national firm uh, runs a lot different than a local firm. Uh, yep. and there's, it's pretty much, you know, it's black and white. There's no, there's no arguments when it comes to a national firm policy, you know? Right. Everything is run by the P&L statement, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so also I know I can speak from experience, but you bring a personal approach because national firms, and I know I worked for one years ago, um, you are often stretched so thin between clients that it was very tough yep. to build yep. lasting relationships. So I'm sure that also helps set you apart. Absolutely. Great. So but any other thoughts you want to share as we head into today being six months? This is the uh, the toughest six months to the stock market since 1970. That's so right. even I don't even I don't remember what it was like. Thankfully, I guess that what it was like to be a, in the market back then. I would just tell people, even if they're happy with their accountant, sometimes they don't know what they're missing. Uh, so we're always happy to take a look at things on a pro bono basis to give our thoughts, uh, whether it be a new idea or a different approach, just like a doctor. I mean, you look, go to one doctor all these years, another guy has a different approach, a different way to do an operation. Uh, we have sort of the same, same kind of approach. We bring different aspects of consulting, tax, and auditing to the table. Uh, that's pretty much it. Sure. And how can they reach you? Yes, MahoneySable.com, M-A-H-O-N-E-Y-S-A-B-O-L.com. You can reach me at J Rasmus, the letter J, Rasmus, at MahoneySable.com. Or you can certainly call me at 860-214-6326. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jay. We'll be in touch as we um, summarize this for next time. But some of the big issues we talked about today are, we know the budget deficit is growing, so there's going to have to be increased taxes down the road. We know that the biggest challenge for firms your size and larger is personnel, you know, right. adapting to this new work environment. And the third thing is the sunset laws coming into play that gifting yep. could be an advantage. So those are some of the key points. And Jay, we always appreciate your insight. I always appreciate your valuable insight. And uh, we'll be catching up soon. You too. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.